0: hello happy new year and welcome back to murder ho bros a podcast where i stay in touch with my friends through the medium of a role-playing game and you have joined us for our fourth fourth season we have jumped completely to a whole new game dynamic we're going to be playing through the breach this season through the breach is a role-playing game that takes place in the Malifaux universe. And I'll give you some information about that in a moment. It also has an interesting and slightly different dynamic. Instead of using dice, it uses cards, playing cards. You don't need to worry too much about that. I teach some of the guys little bits of it in today's show. It's not a big show today. It's a small show. It's actually designed to have been more of a session zero, to just introduce the guys to how this new card mechanic works and, and just to bring in their characters. We'll get to that shortly. Before though, I do want to just give you a bit of information if you're completely unfamiliar with Malifaux. Malifaux is a really interesting setting. I've got some fluff from their website here. I think I'm going to read it to you. So Malifaux is a twisted mirror of an alternate earth in the 1900s. It is a world of gothic horror, Victorian structures, steampunk constructs and Wild West gunslingers. It is rife with undead amalgamations, monstrous, vengeful apparitions, and other creatures that bump in the night. These near lawless lands are still worth treading for some, as the soul stones deep within the cavernous catacombs are worth more than the sweat and blood it takes to obtain them. The lure of Malafoe's valuable soul stones has brought the powerful, the desperate, the ambitious, and the cunning to Malafoe from earth the guild's control of the breach this portal between the two states of malifo and earth these two uh, dimensions planes um, ensures that it remains a dominant power within malifo city but it is challenged on all sides by the sabotage and magical prowess of the arcanists and the shuffling undead that serve the foul resurrectionists not every threat to come Uh, Not every threat to Malifaux comes from Earth. However, the ancient Neverborn will not easily surrender their lands to what they see as foreign invaders. And the gremlins of the Bayou have become quite powerful by learning from and mimicking the humans that seized control of Malifaux City. The outcasts, a loose collection of mercenaries in 'er ne'er-do-wells, sell their services to the highest bidder when not pursuing their own individual objectives. And the mysterious 10 Thunders crime syndicate works from the shadows to extend its influence throughout the city. That's a lot of info. I'm hoping when we play the game, you'll absorb bits and bobs. The gist of it is, Malifaux is another world. A portal has been opened that joins this 1900s alternate earth to the world of Malifaux. There are already mysterious, sometimes magical creatures and monsters that have lived there. And there is a city that was already there, empty and waiting to be exploited. And that's what's happened. And now we've got a world with these fantastic treasures, these soul stones, and 1900s alternate earth. And the people, the humans that go across to exploit those soul stones. And that's where our setting will be for this season. I am super excited about it. I have recorded the whole series with my friends. And we're going to throw you right into it today. If you have any questions about this setting, you can Google it, mate. Just Google it. Or you can contact us uh, at Murder MurderHoBros on Twitter. Is us. We'll be more than happy to answer any questions. The rules dynamic is weird. I'm hoping if I edit this right, you won't see it too much. It'll be more of the story, the characters. I really enjoyed playing this. My friends created some really cool characters. I remember laughing a lot when we played it. And once we got our head around this strange, different rule dynamic, it started to really flow. Most people don't really know about this uh, in my circles. And uh, I think it's underrated massively. So I wanted to share this with you. We hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to throw you straight in to Malifaux. Enjoy. a name no <laughs> i'm literally going to ask what your character's name
3: i know i we can't take a fucking oh, <laughs> fuck. we,
4: we can just get to it and whoever's speaking to him can just name him
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> there must be like a cowboy name generator or something what a
5: Did, cowboy, tell, me, tell um, me one fact about your character
0: um, glenn, um, glenn campbell
4: uh, glenn campbell
0: yeah no I'm not glenn campbell
1: darius what about,
0: um, what about roy big bazoo decker <laughs> oh, that's cool. Roy Decker.
5: What about yeah. Rudyard Fuckweasel? <laughs> <laughs> did he
0: write?
4: Did he write the Jungle Book?
0: <laughs> what about Clyde Noose Boyd? Noose being Ooh. his nickname, the Noose. Clyde the Noose Boyd. Clyde the Noose Boyd. Okay.
3: Clyde the Noose. Okay. Grant Dupont. I spell Noose. Double O S E. Yeah. yeah. Boyd. B- yeah. Okay. I don't know how he spoke. Okay. B O I D. I think, I think Clyde Boyd would.
4: He would speak like this. Yeah. <laughs> Clyde Boyd. <laughs> My name's Clyde Boyd. And I like drinking <laughs> shots of whiskey. <laughs> oh, the H, <laughs> the H in whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. And I like banging prostitutes. Younger the better.
0: Can you put an H in prostitute <laughs> for me?
4: Post prostitute, a prostitute. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know you know Clyde Boyd ain't going wrong.
0: I love Clyde Boyd already. Yes, you to sim- call me
4: a Noose
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm ju- hung <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh. He's hung and he's simple <laughs> But Clyde Boyd knows what he likes
3: if you can
4: Whiskey do that voice and <laughs> and
0: ah, that character voice is a win
3: that's what you've got to use mate yeah lots of H's <laughs> this is meant to be like a really like dark gritty alright <laughs> <and> I'm,
0: <laughs> right, I'm going to jump in I think So there's going to be shitloads about this world that you won't know about. It's really, really fucking hard to explain as even character creation seems um, more convoluted than I thought. However, this world is fucking cool. And I'm going to put you in... We probably won't have a chance to finish the introduction this week, but we'll perhaps finish it next week. So I'll I'll, I'll do the prologue. This introduction bit is called Bad Things Happen. So you could see a lovely picture and that picture is going to go with the narrative I'm just about to read you. So, <clears throat> built upon the ruins of Santa Fe, Breachtown is the very picture of a fortified rail station. The Guild's rail station is one of the larger buildings in town. And after hours of standing outside in the arid heat, you've finally been cleared by security and allowed to board the train that will take you to Malafa. Despite the almost suffocating heat of the day, the interior of the train is surprisingly cool. As you walk down the aisle in search of your seat, you almost imagine that you can see your breath clouding up in front of you. You're finally able to find your bench-like seat at the front of the third car. The seat ahead of you has been turned around to face your own. If there had been a table between you, you might have almost been able to imagine that you were seated at a booth in a diner. As you settle into place alongside the other passengers sharing your booth, you can't help but notice a set of deep scratch marks set into the wall above your booth. Were they not cut deep into steel, it would almost be possible to imagine that the scratches were claw marks. So at this point, you may introduce your physical selves to each other because you are all sitting around um, this little four-seat enclosure bit Together. Who wants to introduce their physical personality first? Their physical description first?
4: <laughs> I'll, I'll go. Cr- Crant Dupont is about 5'10. Uh, he's got th- he's kind of thin, long hair. Uh, he's quite slight and quite gaunt
0: in the face. Okay. Headgear, you wearing a hat? Mm, no. Facial hair?
4: <laughs> uh, stubble. Like long stubble.
3: Okay. Long stubble. Who else? Well, my character is Clyde the Noose. I'm not going to do the voice right now. Clyde the Noose Void. <laughs> <Boyd>. Um, <laughs> But you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to at some point. Yeah, I was gonna attempt it then. Not into practice. Um, he is uh wearing this uh long dark green hoodie, and he also has this um half a mask on his right hand side. He he's not skinny, but um you could tell like he's a. He's not built, he's not, 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 not like big, but you could tell. Like, like lean. Lean, yeah, he's he's quite lean. Uh, um, sinewy. Yeah, but he, and he, you could tell he's very, very um, conscious about his, his deformity on his face. That's why he tries to like hide it and looking mm. out kind of thing. he doesn't want to draw attention to it, even though he's wearing a mask. But yeah, he's, he's protecting himself, kind very protected and guarded.
4: Okay. I want to retcon something with my character. He's got a he's got a handlebar mustache. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, and and stubble around it.
4: Yeah, stubble around it mainly handlebar.
0: Cool. Who's next?
4: Uh, my
5: character is dressed head to toe in a <clears throat> sailor suit. <laughs> uh, they are of incredibly pale complexion, like almost <clears throat> alabaster. Um, very obviously, makeup, yeah uh, he has a fake nose that looks like you know those um fake noses that you get like a mr potato has head has yeah, uh, but it's been makeuped over to try and look like it's part of his own skin <laughs> um, can you see the strings he... where it's attached? Uh, no, it's glued on, so um he has a sailor hat on, but you can see his head is a very peculiar egg like shape. Uh, and his one eye is of normal size The other eye is, is still a normal eye But it's about double the size of the other one And he's just sat Kicking his legs out uh, And he's going by the name of Tarquin Evervale Currently <laughs>
0: Also for the record He's really fucking short Like, Yeah
5: like he's, he's a little boy He looks like a little boy That's what he's trying to pass himself off as
0: Emphasis on little Like yeah half a man height easily
5: And he's holding on to a train a wooden train currently
0: <laughs> okay Sean what do we see when we look at you
1: <laughs> okay so uh, my character is called Shio Aizawa or for short she and you'll see a kind of early 20s slim slender fit athletic um, Japanese boy Uh, black hair tied up in you know a bun so it's uh, out of his face wearing kind of black silk garments you know his kind of um, casual clothing because he doesn't want to kind of come across um, aggressive at the moment he wants to kind of slink into the background and be very very stealthy Um, there is a katana on his back and um, his his outfit is kind of adorned with um, the the logos of the Ten Thunders, and um, he has uh, quite an uh, an interesting past. But um, on first introduction, he probably would not get into that. So we'll uh, we'll we'll go for that what, later. What
5: on, kind of outfit is he got on?
1: Uh, it's kind of like a. Sort of um, a sleek, not uh, like a silk fabric um, trousers, and like um, not a kimono, but like the uh, the Japanese style sort of silk jackets. Mm. Nice. With, I like with
4: your a day. badass tiger on the back.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. We just <laughs> yeah. had a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sandy's going in with a voice.
2: <laughs> I like your dress. <laughs>
1: Oh,
4: there are going to be some edits tonight. I thought he said that was based off a jazz singer.
2: Yeah, you got your jazz singer. Oh, then you stick your tongue out. I like your
3: jazz <laughs> he, he sounds like that guy from um, the <laughs> show. Uh, <laughs> uh, hello, Dave. I broke your Oh, Papa there. <laughs> there's, there's a little Papa Lassery. Yeah, there's Look,
4: a little bit of t- Why am I <laughs> <laughs> Like a lispy Papa Lassery.
0: So at this point in um, the normal setting of a a game, this would be the prologue. Um, Obviously, no dice rolls. I've just set the scene. We're about to jump in, and this is normally the point in a session where you would pick your pursuit. So you could either stay on the pursuit that you're on or pick something drastically new. But this is the first game, so you're on the pursuit that you've already picked during character creation. I will give you, if you want to, as all of you four basically take your seats and you make a very strange mixture of um physicalities i will let you kind of you could sit in silence you i know that tarquin is just kind of complimented she but um before we jump into i'll develop it if you want into the next scene when it happens but uh, if you want to have a quick conversation in character by all means do I think we just had a lucky like dress.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it made out of silk.
1: Are you talking to me?
2: Not me. <laughs> I don't think you've got you've got a dress on. I think you're the only one. I, this I, I, I get...
1: is not a dress. This is a ceremonial uniform that I need for combat. And what? The hell are you?
2: My name is Tarquin.
4: <laughs>
1: I literally <laughs> okay, you. About hell, to say, my hell. name is Dave. I really did. <laughs> 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 <My> <laughs>
4: name
2: is, I'm a Tarquin. <laughs> and what
1: exactly are you wearing?
2: It's a sailor suit. Mama Josephine picked it for me. Fucking
1: hell. I, I thought hell. you were going to say Vivian Westwood or something. <laughs> Uh. And why exactly are you wearing a sailor suit?
2: She said it makes me look handsome.
1: Well, <laughs> your mama lied to you.
2: <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's just me. you trying to hurt my feelings. We got a long train journey to go. We should probably be friends.
0: I, I, I'm going to have to cut him for a straight, <laughs> straight minute. Um, This is so wonderfully surreal. I would like everyone to make the first... I would say dice roll, but it's not going to be a dice roll. It's going to be the first check of the game. It's going to be contested. Um, So I want to do the first uh, skill check. It's called a... uh, Is it called a duel? Yeah, it's a duel. Oh, but before we do that, I guess you need to draw your first hand. Actually, we haven't done this yet. So as we're about to leave the... um, the prologue, and I'm going to start kicking off with some card rolls, card rolls, card pulls. You need to draw your first hand, which I believe is three cards. Um, so put them in your areas of the table, so you know where your cards are. This is called your twist deck.
3: This is for everyone.
0: And uh, yeah, everyone needs to draw three uh, cards for their hand. So you can use these numbers to add to your skills, and you're going to find out how these work because i'm gonna ask all of you to make uh, uh, a skill check so it's gonna be fuck me this is gonna be weird uh i've picked like the hardest way of doing this to start off with because um egg is so Ta- strange i'm gonna say this is gonna be a scrutiny check versus eggs deceive so how this works would be All right. So how does this work? So you got your twist decks. We're going to do a duel. It's going to be slightly harder because it's going to be versus. So so it's going to be your acting value. We need to work up. Your acting value is first. Uh, So the target number. We don't know what we're aiming for here because it's to be contested. It's the sum total of your. Um, ranks in the skill plus the value of whichever physical or mental aspect is tied to that skill. So I'm going to ask you guys, other than Egg, to um, make a scrutiny, which is... So if you've got any ranks in scrutiny and it's associated with cunning, so you're going to add your ranks in scrutiny and cunning together, and then you're going to each flip a card... From the f- the fate deck, the blue one. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. It's social. So s- scrutiny is one of the skills. So if you go down yep. to the bottom, uh, scrutiny is at the bottom of social. Uh, okay. yep. So I'm looking at crant You've got two in scrutiny and uh, its associated skill is cunning. So two minus two is zero. So yours will just be a straight flip. And what I'm going to ask you to do is uh contest that against Sandy, your deceive, which will be deceive and cunning. So then what I'd like you to do is draw a card from the fate deck and put pop it next to your areas. My fate deck. Uh no, that's a twist the deck. Gen- the, 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 so the blue one. The bomb. You don't want to get the cards mixed up with your twist deck, so if you can pop them on the middle of the like maybe in a different row, just yeah. so we get as we get used to it. Just to so, who's my... bottom left? Is that you, Sam? That's me.
4: That's me. Bottom left, of me.
0: So Lee's got an eleven plus whatever there was no his pluses. It was just value that. is so straight 11. So That you're probably going to notice something.
5: So my my cunning is two plus two is four total.
0: So you've not managed to convince Crant Dupont uh i and sean if you want to draw from the fate deck what the fuck is that that's uh, just uh, a bottle of wine oh is it yeah just a bottle oh, of it? wine, yeah. bottle wine smashing bit. so everyone's managed to beat um egg from the looks of it so this mechanic's strange i'm glad we did this now just so you can kind of like see how it works um what your twist decks are for i believe it's a cheap fate so at this point You've calculated your dual totals. It's clearly going to be above four for all of you from what you've, you've, you've drawn here. But um, you then have the option of replacing the card you flipped from the Fate deck with one from your Control Hand, which is the three cards you've got from your Twist deck. So, so if, would anyone like to cheat Fate?
3: So can Sandy no. now change it to 13? And
0: Yeah, he could literally move his card from his, his Control deck and say, you know what, you ain't fucking beating me. Anyone want to cheat fate?
1: Yeah, I've just um, switch switch mine around. I've gone for the thirteen of crows.
0: You don't switch them; you replace. Oh. So, I, so have, um, I have
3: cunning two, scrutiny zero plus six. So I have eight,
5: right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. I, 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 Tarquin's out on his thing. He d- he doesn't come out very often. He's he's just doing his thing.
0: Okay. So at this point, everyone would notice that there's something fucking weird about Tarquin. Tarquin is, because you scored so high on your uh, your your checks, Tarquin's a gremlin in makeup. Gremlins being small green natives of Malifaux. Um They're, I suppose, an indigenous race of Malifaux, this dimension that's attached to Earth. And Tarquin um appears to be a, a gremlin on the other side of the breach which is highly unusual gremlins are famous for being quite infatuated with humans they mimic humans they learn human speech they learn um the joys of alcohol and got very involved with distilling their own moonshine they love firearms they picked that up from humans started dressing like humans and um, they're kind of like, they're famous also for like farming pigs and roosters and things and living in the swamps. And Tarquin, who's very clearly a gremlin, disguising himself as a little sailor boy, is fucking a gremlin. And you all, I'm not actually
5: that. fucking a gremlin. Like <laughs> oh,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> I held it in. I held it in. <laughs>
4: cool is this uh, is this train packed full of people
0: uh it's starting to get packed now yeah anyone want to yeah you can just leave this or you can you know pick it up
4: i'd like to play a game called got your nose
3: (laughs) (laughs) did you go irish with that
2: it
4: went
2: a little bit yeah i'm a little i like the sound of that game
4: why are you painted
2: I've... I've got a skin condition.
4: You are a goblin.
2: Don't know what you mean. I'm... Nah. No. no, no. Um My name is uh, Tarquin Evervale. Eberv- yes, Tarquin
4: Evervale. Uh, I'm just going to uh, lick my thumb and, and rub it down his
0: side <laughs> of his face. And when you do, um, you can see very clearly like a streak of natural green skin underneath the makeup that's been applied. Grant DuPont
4: sees through your disguise.
2: It's my skin condition. I've gone too English.
4: (laughs) Get more jazz. My name is (laughs) Egg. That's so funny.
2: (laughs) no you see i i got skin condition and and jokes on you i don't wash very much so your hands gonna need some
4: bleach grant dupont knows jokes and that is no joke
0: (laughs) (laughs) more passengers are now filtering onto the train as the temperature actually now starts to gradually rise to match the unbearable temperature outside and just when it starts to become uncomfortable Little bits of sweat bead each of your foreheads, including Tarquins. And uh, it starts to smudge some more of the makeup. And you can hear that the conductor is shutting the doors and is now starting to walk up the aisle to help the last of the passengers stow their luggage. There is a passenger across the aisle from you, a thin, hunched man in his late 60s. And he seems to be having trouble getting his suitcase up into the overhead compartment. It's almost twice as large as he is, and you can see that the frustration and the embarrassment etched on his face as he struggles with this oversized trunk
5: uh, can I try and like smudge my makeup around a little bit to cover this licked line
0: <laughs> yeah, you do a very bad job. you actually smudge more off it's really hot, and the sweat coming off of you is not helping <laughs>
2: Look what you done, oh man! You you messed my skin up. But people people can see, and I'm gonna get all embarrassed.
4: Just be truthful, Tarquin.
2: Nah,
4: I, 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 I'm not.
2: Has ch- anyone got a hat on? <laughs> no, no
3: I'm,
4: go, I'm gonna, I'm re- gonna. Oh, yeah, I'll have some kind of. I'm gonna say, yeah, he's. I've got a duster, uh, not a duster, like a fucking. What are they called?
5: Cowboy hat.
1: Fez,
4: yeah, a cowboy hat, down. A fez, <laughs> fez. Oh, I love a fez. I've got a cowboy hat down by the side. Now,
2: now, how about you? You, you do me a favor, Mister. You, you got that big hat. Let, let us swap hats, just, just, just for the journey. How about you tell please, me the truth? Believe me, I, 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 talk when it's quiet. I, will let you know just. Just tell me how,
4: here. Yeah. I'll, f- I'll fl- uh, fling him the hat.
5: Like I'll put this huge hat on my head, which I imagine is just normal size for me because my head is that huge. <laughs> <laughs> as
0: as you put this on, the passenger across the aisle from you is he, still struggling with his, his his trunk, and he's like, he's kind of like verbally like moaning a little bit, like, "Oh, come on,
2: oh, did, oh."
0: And the conductor is getting closer, and he kind of like drops the case again, and he's like, oh, "Come on!" And the conductor is getting closer I'll and closer. Go
4: help him! But what would Make, you say? Um... What would you say to help him? <laughs> <You> can't <laughs> just sneak up on a man like that. Nothing in what like voice? Grunt like a fuck. What no, do, no. What do you say? <laughs> if you I grunt. if you if you just that if you grunt at a man, he's he's never going to know. He'll just scare the shit out of him. I think you could you coming up on him to do him mischief, but if you speak to him, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> oh fuck! Hey, hey, I don't hey, have buddy, the voice hey, yet. That's hey, buddy, the you're pretty quiet here. over there. You, you've you're heard okay. the voice. You know, no, but that ha- you got to put some throw some h's in there.
3: No, I'm not doing that voice. I'm, I'm thinking the oh, reason. Oh come on! No,
4: need some help
1: with his luggage.
4: Need some Need some help with his
3: luggage. <laughs> <laughs> that no, that just sounds so wrong. Come on! I'm not doing that voice. I'm not doing that voice. All right. I'm if not- the noose
1: isn't going to go over there, I think uh, she will. Um, will quickly get up and 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 dash in front of uh, in front of the noose and uh, ask the man if he would like any help. Hey, Mister, you need some help. Oh, thank
0: you, man. I I I I can't get it up onto. Oh, I can't. Get, I, can't get, <laughs> I I uh, I. Uh, that my case. I, I I. It's just so big. <laughs> Could, oh dear. <laughs> would you help me, please? Sure. What's your uh, name, bud? Could, um Help Vito. Vito Sessa. Um pl- pleased to meet you, sir. And um could you make an athletics challenge for me, please? This is a target number of eight.
1: Athletics. Uh Yeah. So which...
0: athletics would I'm guessing be might I better check it. because uh, I can't remember. Skills.
4: So you literally go off of if you've got the, the the you've got the skills and then you go to the aspect of it and they counter each other and then you add or minus. No, they the... add to each other, right? They sh- well, they might well, be Well, they negatives. might they Unless might I've like, got yeah.
0: So that's athletics and might. You add those two together and then you draw from the uh, fate deck.
1: Okay, so I got plus 1 and a fate card. And the fate card Four. is 13 of tones.
0: Four- Four- so to meet 14 easy, all right? So um you are really strong and it's not hard for you to lift this without the old man's help. You basically take it on your own. It's bigger than him. It is pretty heavy, but you manage to stow it in place before the conductor gets to him. And as you're doing this, um, you can see that there's something stenciled on the outside of the case. And you see Cesar the Amazing, Cessa S-E-S-S-A, Cesar the Amazing is stenciled on, or painted, sorry, onto the outside of the case. And uh, the old man Vito Sessa, he uh, says, "Oh, thank you, sir. I, I think he, I would have to have paid an extra ticket. I couldn't get out there. Um, I do very much appreciate your help. Uh, um, thank you. Uh, have a good, have a good trip." And he takes a seat. Hey, old man. What's yes? What's what's that on your case? Oh, uh, that's my name. I'm uh, Vito Sessa, uh puppet master. And, uh, well, there's my, uh, my puppets.
1: Hmm. What, uh, what you doing on this train?
0: Say that again, sorry.
1: What you doing on this train?
0: Well, I suppose, uh, like, uh, you, uh, going, bre- well, across the breach to Malifaux, and I'm going to, um, travel, and, uh, put on some shows, and make a fortune. <laughs> And, uh, well, see how it goes from there. And yourself, what, what's taking you across, uh, across to the other side?
1: Mm, I think that's uh, on a need-to-know basis, young man. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not young anymore, but I'll take that.
0: <laughs> and i <I'll laughs> leave your business as your business. Sir.
1: All right, if I uh, see you across the breach, I'll, uh, I'll tip my hat.
0: And uh, I to you. Uh, Despite all of the passengers now being in place, the train doesn't seem to be moving. You can hear murmurs from the people behind you. Some people are wondering what the hold up is and others are just complaining about how warm and stuffy the trains become. A few people try to open the windows and you can see that they can't because they're bolted shut. And uh, there's a man uh, across the aisle. Well, Cesso, actually. Um, Vito... Vito Sessa, sorry he um leans over and he addresses Yushi uh, in like this awkward half whisper and he just goes um are they're, uh, they're loading up the convicts the uh well the guild needs them to work in the mines you know well m- most of them mm. and he's interrupted by this piercing scream of a steam whistle and then the train slowly lurches to life the passengers behind you sigh with relief and the old man leans back in his chair and he turns back to you, she, with like, an awkward smile. Here
1: we go. Good luck. See you on the other side, brother.
0: The train gradually picks up speed as it makes its way towards the breach. And uh, I guess this is probably the first time you've seen the breach. The breach is a portal large enough easily for the train to go through it. This is a circular portal with these ripples of, um, like, uh, almost like a water surface, uh, across it. So that textually that some, some things happening. It's like, it, Something's rippling across the surface, light comes out of it, these green beams of light and blue, and you can't see beyond it. It's not like looking through like a a binocular and seeing something on the other side, it's just this oil slick of color just merging. And um, as the train rounds a turn, uh, the breach itself comes into view and it's shimmering, and then all of a sudden, it has like these silvery colors. Uh, going through it, and this silvery blue portal is suspended between a massive network of steamwork engines and devices. And you can also see dozens of soldiers stationed around it in a defensive formation. Many of them are sweating beneath their red and grey guild uniforms. Without slowing down, the train plunges through the portal and into Malifaux. The first and second cars of the train disappear into the shimmering silver-blue portal, one after the next. Your car is right behind them, and from your perspective, the glowing light almost seems to be rushing through the train like a tidal wave. As you plunge into the dimensional rift, an intense feeling of vertigo assaults your head, triggering an intense headache, the likes of which you've never felt before. The pain only lasts for a moment, but when you open your eyes, you and the people seated next to you are the only ones on the train. It's literally Tarquin, Crant Dupont, she, and uh, Boyd, the noose. Everyone else is gone. Vito, Sessa, he's gone. The conductor, gone. This crammed carriage full of people, they're gone. Everyone else, is, is no longer there. Brilliant silver blue light spills into the train car from the windows. and Whenever you try to glance out the windows, it only seems to bring back the stabbing pain in your head. It's then that you realize that the train isn't just empty, it's still and silent. There's no click-clack of the wheels against the rails, no rumbling from the engine, just silence. And the strange scratching sound coming from within the old man's abandoned trunk.
5: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ